As we catch up next with Richard Kite, he is Project Lead for Thriving Southland. And Richard, good afternoon and firstly, Happy New Year and welcome to the Muster 2024. Uh, Happy New Year, Andy. And yeah, it's good to be uh, uh, back again Yeah, for another 20, yeah, like 2024. <laughs> exactly. You wonder where 23 went and we had this conversation, I think, <laughs> this time last year. But nonetheless, you enjoyed a good break, ready to head into this year all full of smoke. Yeah, all ready to go. The team, uh, well, they're just uh, still um, having a break, but the majority are just starting to get back on board and, uh, yeah, getting back into it. Yeah. And, Richard, we're talking today about family farm succession, but from almost like a biodiversity viewpoint on farm, about changes that have occurred, and just having that conversation about what's going to change on the farm going into the future as far as wetlands and the likes. Yeah, so um, uh, it's the, the piece of work um, that... Thriving did was around. We were sort of questioned by by people, you know, farmers and young farmers about how do you how do you manage um, succession in the environmental space when um, you know you might be looking at a wetland and you know your dad and granddad drained that or you know and there's a lot of you know a lot of work has gone into um, uh, productive farms and you know making the most of them in the past and every year has done its thing and, and now we're seeing you know there's, there's a bit of time where um, we're seeing some of our wetlands being reintroduced, and we're seeing areas being, um, yeah, non-productive areas being um, basically put back into um, maybe native or exotics or, or whatever. And you know, how does that conversation happen? Yeah. You know? Yeah, how does that conversation happen on farm? Because it would be a big deal for the younger generation coming through with a different mindset compared to their fathers, grandfathers, etc., who have been on the land and established what has been there for quite a long time. What's the conversation like to get it going? Yeah, well, well, the fascinating thing, because we talked to about, you know, a few families that were involved in this and probably doing a good job around it. And, um, and I think um, one of the main... Uh, uh, around succession itself, you know, one of the main drivers of success is um, actually, you know, it's an ongoing discussion. It's not a suddenly starts now and uh, we're going to do it. It's an ongoing discussion about understanding. There's a, I was reading the other day, there's a, a rule of thumb, it's called Chesterton's Fence. And, and, it, and it, it's actually, before you do anything, actually understand why something was done in the first place. Um, and why it's there before you actually start changing anything. So that discussion with, um, you know, between parents and grandparents and, and the kids around what they want to do, where it's going, it, it's a long-term thing. It's not a short-term uh, thing. Um, one of the interesting, um, I, we had a catchment group and some of the work they'd done was identifying areas around capturing nutrient. And um, they'd actually, they were already ahead with the game and they're putting, putting back wetlands and, the interesting the discussion that had taken place was they'd gone to the dad and said, um, hey, look, you know, we understand you. You drained all this area and um, uh, and with, with your dad and, uh, you, know, you, you know, over the years. So and we're coming along. We're saying we're going to put a wetland. In, and they said the, the response is quite interesting because they said, well, actually, the dad said to them, well, that area of the farm has cost us more money over the last 50 years trying to keep it uh, drained um, uh, than any other area. And if I um, if I had my time again, I wouldn't have done it. But we did it because there were subsidies around draining. And at that time, 
you know, financially, that's where we needed to go and that's what we needed to do. And so there's a reason, you know, there's always reasons for everything. Um, and that financial um, piece is probably one of the most important. You can't do any of this work unless unless you actually work it out that, you know, there's a, a net benefit there um, and, uh, and the farm can carry that. And that's probably the same with succession. You know, there's always the costs around that and it's making, finding the right way forward, you know. Do you think there is a chance, Richard, because farm succession can be such a delicate issue as it is, perhaps you can understand people might not be so forthcoming regarding uh, wetlands on farm, looking to the future because of what they're having to deal with in the current? Oh, look, certainly. And and I think the key message that came back was it's not, um, you don't have, you know, you can talk about it, you can think about it, you don't have to actually do it now. You can actually, you know, it's got to fit in with with the family and the way things are changing and the way yeah. the farm system's changing. And it, it might, it, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be today or tomorrow, but it's, you know, it's something that the, the, the next generation are thinking about or, or even the current farmers are thinking about. But you, and you can't do, do that work unless, um, unless it all comes together financially and everybody's on board with it. So it's nearly just, uh, it's a minor part of succession itself, you know, um, when you look at succession and, good succession planning and, and, you know, what that's based on, which is, you know, the, the keys are that, um, you know, good communication, understanding your financials, having a strategic plan. Um, it's just part of it, yeah. That is the key, isn't it? Because it might not be today or tomorrow, but like you say, looking into the future, what you want to do, which basically a lot of, or most farmers, to be fair, They've taken it on board over the last two or three years with changes that have been introduced regarding um, practice on farm. Oh, oh certainly. And 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 the, uh, and the reality is, every generation's changed what's on farm. <laughs> you know, we look. Yeah. You know, if we look back um, 50, 50 years and what what farms look like then, and what what every generation has done uh, to within the, the farm system. Um, yeah. So yeah. So the long and the short of it, Andy was. Um, you're talking about where to and, and how do you have those conversations is actually, you know, um, it, it's not, it's a, it's an ongoing conversation and most of it, the people we talk to, it was day to day, you know, it's a day to day conversation. It wasn't a let's sit down around the table and do this. When we, yeah. when we were talking about those changes, they're looking at pieces of land and looking at the way forward and it's, um, yeah, it's not a, it's not a days or it's a weeks or months. It might be a years, sort of, you know, or, or a couple of, more, more than that. Looking at um, you know, change over time, really. Richard Kite, Project Lead for Thriving Southland. Always great to chat on the muster. Thanks for your time. Oh, good. Okay. Cheers, Andy. Thanks. Bye. Richard Kite, out of Thriving Southland. Tuesday afternoon, before we finish up for the Arvo, we'll catch up with Daryl Moyles, Sergeant Dan Stock Foods, right here on just off Main Street here in Gore. This is the muster Tuesday afternoon. Coming to America Got a dream to take them there